All right, what's up, fam? This is episode five. Um, today I have with me is my amazing cousin, who is also a brother from another mother, Malik Willis, also goes by. Liko, what's good? I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. So instead of Emily and I, we're going to have it to be more black history focused. So we have myself and Malik, and we're basically just going to talk everything black culture, everything black, because we're just The bountiful beauty of blackness. Yes, I love that. that. Amen to that. So um, first of all, I think we need to shout out somebody because the shirt that you're wearing says black women are the future. So we want to shout out to a mutual friend, Sam. Yeah, my homie uh, Sam Olawashe, shout out Progression with the Crown. Uh, This is the May Jemison uh, collection that he did. Um, Just really powerful, uh, you know, positive black merchandise that he creates in in a form of stylistic uh, activism, uh, which is like very powerful um, and inspiring, uh, you know, in terms of like a lot of the black creatives that I interact with, you know, out in the city. And he's one of, uh, you know, the biggest inspirations I know. So really shout out Sam, man. Absolutely. If you guys um, are on Instagram, check out his socials. Um, what is it called again? Progression with the Crown. Uh, you can find it, uh, Progression without the vowels. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. You cool. can find it. Just, <laughs> y'all know how to, it's 2020. Y'all awesome. know how to find it. <laughs> We're very impromptu right now. So that was a very impromptu plug right there for Sam. Um, but anyway, plug. so it's Black History Month. We got about a week left. But instead of this being a historical podcast teaching you guys what you already know about Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, we just want to talk about what's going on with us, how it is growing up black, how black culture has impacted us and others. Um, and basically just go off of that. And, you know, I think there is a, an emphasis that we need to make that there's black history happening right now. Um, and Sam's project is an example right now. He is empowering black youth, black women, black culture right now as we speak. And I think there's a lot of people in Chicago doing that. Um, so just shout out to everybody participating in black history right now. Yeah. Uh, black history is American history. You know, it's, um, the same way that everything that's happening right now is super impactful. And we know we're going to look, uh, be teaching our kids about it in 20, 40 years. Right. Uh, it's very powerful in terms of what's going on with the black movement of things, particularly with, you know, black queer women being at the forefront of social activism right now just shows you how, um, some of the most marginalized when it comes to the intersectionality of oppression, right. Are at the forefront of really changing things, uh, which is really inspiring just, as an individual who walks through with um, my white privilege in terms of, you know, I'm half black, so I don't experience the same colorism uh, that, you know, my black counterpart to do. And, you know, also my male privilege of, you know, not having to um, really be looked down upon in the way that women are and, and just oppressed in, in those several ways. It's It really brings to light uh, kind of, the hypocrisy to walking with uh, with activism and equality, right, on, on one level, but not understanding that oppression for all these other groups of people who are, you know, experiencing this hate for very arbitrary, you know, nonsense reasons, right? Right, exactly. Do you have anybody in mind that you think that is really impacting culture right now um, in terms of activism with the black community? 
Oh, yeah. I think uh, especially like staying on the topic of, you know, black queer women, you mm-hmm. immediately think of Alicia Garza. Right. Alicia Garza is, you know, one of the co-founders of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and it's really important that people understand. Right. You know, Black Lives Matter is not a hashtag. Right. Hashtags don't start movements. People do. Exactly. That's something that, you know, Alicia Garza always says, if you ever get opportunity to listen to her, um, very powerful speaker. Uh, but it's just it's kind of one of the most refreshing, you know, takes on social activism today. Obviously, there's kind of extremists that, you know, have you know fought in the name of Black right. Lives Matter, but it's not quite, you the know. The uh, Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? It's not exactly, you know, the same power that we're thinking of. There's, um, you know, plen- plenty of women leaders in Black Youth Project 100, and, you know, you have powerful women leaders like Angela Davis who are still, you know, thriving and educating the black community, right? Um, so, you know, there's endless amounts of, you know, black people to glorify, you know, not only this month, but every month, I think Black History Month is kind of like back backhanded kind of compliment for us, right? Yeah. So it's because, you know, it is American history, but I think what's so special about this month that us as black people need to do is be a little bit more conscientious mm-hmm. of supporting black people this month. Maybe go out of your way and only buy black, right. you know, from black businesses right. during February, making sure that you know, you're always you're always thinking about that and, and how you can, you know, better your people, right? Because right. it's a collective effort. Exactly. I also think Black History Month, at least for me, it's a great time, you know, a great 28 this year, 29 days to be more reflective of our people and see how far we come. Like, yeah, there's no segregation or anything like that. Like, you know, our grandma grew and our all our aunts and uncles grew up within that time period. So it's a lot different, but it's a good time to reflect because we still have a long way to go within our own culture as a people and with, you know, people who aren't black. Um, So like, for instance, one thing that I am really loving about black culture right now is the fact that the whole colorism thing is finally dying down. Like, Team light skin, team black skin. Like, yeah, we can joke about that <laughs> stuff. Like, I'm gonna tell you guys right now, Malik yeah. is on team light skin. I'm on team dark skin ish. <laughs> I'm brown. <laughs> I'm not dark, dark, but you, you know, know what I'm saying. All black a, a couple creams and sugars right. in that coffee. Exactly. It's okay. Yeah, you know, I'm, a, I'm nice little mocha. You know, <laughs> you definitely, you definitely a iced coffee latte. I don't know. I, car- I, love <laughs> I love myself. I love myself. I love myself too. But anyway, like we can joke about that, but I feel like our parents' generation growing up in the 80s and the 90s, like being light skinned, being black skin or dark skin was definitely prevalent in the black community. I mean, have you seen School Days by Spike Lee? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that movie Absolutely. was just, that was like the main focus right there. Yeah, right? So and I think, I think you're right in the terms of like colorism is starting to fade. I think it's an interesting perspective that I have, right, being, uh, you know, mixed, right, is really like walking through life, right? I don't, I mentioned before, right, my quote unquote white privilege of like not experiencing the same color, colorism as, you know, dark skin counterpart, but, um, you know, never f- really identifying with what actual white privilege is, right? You still walk in a room, it's like, you're a minority. Can I cuss on this show? <laughs> you can say it. Go okay. Ahead. You a nigga. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I <laughs> your mouth said nigga, but I literally, your brain said nope. I just want. I just wanted to be respectful to whatever okay. the audience is, but Look, I wanted to be raw. This podcast you know? is all inclusive, certified, and it is unfiltered, so you can say whatever you got to say. Okay, no hoes so bar then. Yeah, but you know, it, it's kind of interesting um, where I think there's such a strong draw to it. It's so in, inviting 
now the just black people uplifting each other that at times it can be a little aggressively anti-white, which is troubling for me. You know what I'm saying? As a, as a mixed individual, because you know what I'm saying? Like I experience the, you know, the oppression, right. Of, of being a black individual for sure. You know, I have my, my privileges that I've acknowledged, but you know what I'm saying? At the same time, I, I can't help but notice the, the hypocrisy Mm -hmm. in like collectively grouping somebody as the bad guy. Right. But also I understand that, you know, all of these situations that were put in is, you know, by the hierarchy, which is, you know, the wealthy elite white body. So I like completely get those experiences of, you know, being in that way. But, you know, for me, at least, I I don't know how it feels for other people, but it's kind of troubling sometimes. It's like, man, like I'm really trying to put on for my people, but. I'm not trying to put anybody down. Exactly. I completely agree 100%. Like, me growing up in Wheaton, Illinois, I'm one of many few black people in this town. And, you know, I'm very, I'm proud to be black. I love my black people. I love my black family. All all for it. But I'm not going to sit up here and hate all my white friends that I've had throughout the years and white family and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, me, when I went to... Um, community college before I transferred I wanted to join you know black student union like like man there's a club with only black kids like yeah I didn't grow up with this like this is great like let me join let me see what they're all about and then I went to a couple meetings and week after week it was just white bashing I'm just like why are we wasting time bashing white people when there's so much more reflective inclusive things that we can do for our people on campus and outside the campus. Like, why can't we uplift ourselves without putting them down? Exactly. Um, And literally the things that they were saying are the same things that, you know, other organizations and student groups are saying about us. So we're not really. And I understand the emotional side of things and being able to have a safe space to really offload some of these oppressive natures that you really can't find a space where anybody's willing to hear that. Right. Like, Everything is controlled, so to speak, more or less by a white body in America, right? So it's hard to kind of, you know, have these conversations outside of your closed wall of your, like, black family. Sometimes you want to get it out with other people, see how else, you know, other people are relating to it. And there's, you know, a time and place for that. But I think the bleed in Mm -hmm. into actual organizations attempting to make change, um, that being such a heavy focus of conversation is really deterring from what needs to be happening. Exactly. Exactly. I just feel like people are just so focused on blaming the white man than being reflective on what their oppression has given us over the decades and centuries Mm -hmm. that we've been here and trying to change that and be like, okay, now what can we do to resolve that problem on our own? Yeah, and it's a a difficult thing, right? There's no easy answer on how do I uplift my people? You know what I mean? Like, how do we... Honestly, you know, um, I want to figure out how we can do it in such a a positive, inclusive, powerful way in, you know, a way when I look at a group of oppressed people and like, like really coming out from the bottom, right? I look at the group of like Jewish people and how Mm -hmm. they like responded to the persecution Right. right in Germany and everything like that. And just the fraternal nature of the Jewish community. It's like so powerful, right? Um, obviously they don't have certain layers of oppression that unfortunately black bodies can't remove, right? So it's not as simple of a process, but just really understanding like what, what it is it about their, 
collectiveness, their their agenda, right? That was able to get them to a level that's very, you know what I'm saying, a very respectable place, I would say. I think you know? it comes down to this community. Yeah. And I think community is something where our black people struggle a bit, you know? So, I mean, you go in some black communities, it's just not a community. But, and that, I'm not saying that it's every single. So what would you, what would you think is necessary to strengthen community for blacks? Dialogue. Uh-huh. Listening to each other and actually some more some more of these safe spaces, right? Yes, like, and putting forth- separate from organizations, right. I think is important. Exactly to that, yeah, I agree. So, I mean, what can we do, right? I wish we could like have people dial in right now. I know. Like, <laughs> what are you What are you feeling? What can we change? You know, right. but no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. My mind kind of went blank there. I know, same. Like I had a really good point. But my brain just like, no, nah, I'm gonna just put a brain fart on your ass right now. So I Right, it's crazy <laughs> when those things there. happen at the same time. But hey. But man, all right. We get a little serious. Let's lighten up a little bit. What is or who is a top black artist? It can be music, entertainment, film, art, culture, whatever. That's such a great black question. Creative that's really impacted. Me as a person or me creatively? I think those are two. You should do both. Okay. Uh, well, I think this is a really exciting question to answer, right? Because now I really think that no one can deny that the most impactful. Sorry about that. I'm punching the Punching the mic. <laughs> the most impactful uh, terms of influence in America right now is hip-hop. Yep. Like there's nothing, I think, as influential and I could talk for eight days straight on Mm -hmm. you know why that's the case but I think it's so powerful and I think you know in that regard uh who's really you know moving culture in in a really positive way free-spirited redefining these constant stereotypes of blackness and all those things would be like a Tyler the Creator right and and Tyler the Creator you know going to the Grammys and taking home that Grammy um, for best rap I loved album, his Grammy speech, but having a speech right and saying like, you know, at the end of the day, this is not a rap album. Like the fact that you want to categorize black music as mm-hmm. urban and then throw them into this singular box, you know what I mean? So that's where they can flourish, where we can flourish only, right? And start breaking down those doors and saying this is some, this is the number one album that was on Billboard. It infected mm-hmm. a lot of people, and it's not a rap album. Acknowledge it as such. You know what I'm saying? And just, like, his his free-spirit nature of, like, you know what I'm saying? Redefining, like, those constant dumbass stereotypes, yeah. like, oh, you don't talk like a black person. Nigga, what the fuck does that mean? He also wears pink. Right, like Goes me. back to our conversation <laughs> earlier. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I fuck, I fuck with him heavy for that. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, moving the culture forward and just being, um, just really f- fleshing out his own ideas uh, and really just really being powerful and vocal about his blackness like and in, in a very um unorthodox way which is just so powerful and like redefining people's basic stereotypes of what the black body is right yep. so that's that's somebody i want to pay a lot of homage to and i think um me creatively wow this is such an odd future ass answer but frank ocean i knew you were going to pick these two that's how yeah. i know you, I knew you were going to pick these two. it's such an odd future ass answer and there's so many black bodies to acknowledge right but it just impact on my life um frank ocean wow 
you know, just as a creative, the way that he's able to uh, communicate his emotions in such an angelic um, and creative way is one of the most powerful things, I think, about art is being able to connect with people on that um, that energy field that he's able to with connecting souls. Uh, and I think that's the whole purpose of art. And that's how I've moved with every creation is just trying to give a piece of my soul um, and express it in, in insanely personal and unique way uh, in hopes that somebody else feels the same and can relate to it. That's awesome. Yeah. So shout out those dudes. What about what about for you? What would be the two? Because you're creative as well. So like, who do you have like as a creative influence, or maybe kind of personal drive influence, and then like, just overall somebody that you you really think holistically is just pushing the the culture forward in in a very respectable way. Man, I really regret asking this question because I didn't even think about it for myself. Look at you. I'm you're supposed to be here. interviewing me. Right here, I am asking the Man, deep questions. I don't even know. Creatively, I'm not sure. I just want to just spit out every influential black woman on my mind. Mm -hmm. But I would say number one, just based off her drive, her work ethic, and the way she presents herself is, you know, the one and only, the queen, Michelle Obama. Oh, yes. Like, Michelle. Being a black woman who, and academics is very important to me. Uh And I'm, you know, I'm very, I'm a studious person. So seeing her excel, you know, with, her academic career, and then, yeah, she was the first lady, but the fact that she presented herself as if I'm more, much more than the first lady, I love that about her. Um, and just reading her her book is, yeah, I think she was amazing. I think it's so she awesome to amazing. bring up Michelle Obama. It's crazy that we haven't talked about her yet is because, like, every first lady up until Michelle Obama was just sort a of first a— lady. Yeah, sort of a quiet, yeah. you know what I mean— um, beard, right. so to speak, right? Just like something to dress up the president, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Michelle came with her own swagger, her own loud objectives and opinions um, and kind of really like shook up what you see when you think of a first lady still to be, you know what I mean? I, I think it, obviously like Hillary Clinton is a different example because she's a politician herself. But, right. um, you know, with Michelle, is it like still to this day, you know what I mean? Like the amount of activism that she's doing Mm -hmm. is so inspiring and so insane and the amount of attention that's paid to her is so beautiful because she's not scared to use her platform Mm -hmm. um just like you know really i think it's like really inspiring also in 2020 when you know all these individuals have so many opportunities to platforms like you have right now right right it's like how do i take this and really do something Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying really like use this to impact one soul right one soul at least, like spark the change mm-hmm. that can change the world. Yeah. I think creatively, I would have to pick no name. No name? No oh name. my God. So yeah. those of you listening, if you don't know who no name no name is, you need to go on Spotify and listen to her music right now. She is a Chicago You native. mad sleep if you don't know who no name is. Literally. Shorty is on the Coachella fucking lineup. Yep. Chicago rapper mm-hmm. makes lullaby music. Fucking <laughs> fire. Insane. I mean crazy. I I think I really like her because she she's so multifaceted. So not only is she a rapper, but she's also an act an activist at the same time. 
So I went to her. She has this organization called No Names Book Club where she travels around um, the country and internationally and literally what it sounds like having book clubs with everyday people going over and discussing topics from the book that they read that day from that month. So I went to hers in Chicago and this the discussion that we had over the book, which was called Wretched Earth, um, I forgot who the author was, um, but just seeing how this rapper brought a community together to read a book and have discussions about it, but not only was it just, just a simple book, it was a book that sparked conversation about things relevant today that's going on in society. So the fact that she can not only spit you know, hella good yeah. rhymes, uh-huh. but she's creating change in a very unorthodox way. Yeah, and, and like, that's I and like that's something so to kind of loop back into what we were talking about, right? It's like, what what are things, you know, that you can do uh, using a platform or right. to create these safe spaces and opportunities and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like what No Name is doing, this book club, right? right. It's phenomenal. It's, just, it's, it's not a, it's not an organization that's kind of pushing, right. you know what I mean, some sort of agenda, agenda. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a safe space to yep. go and have a community exactly. and speak these thoughts and really, you know, take these fantastic pieces of literature, right, and understand how this can influence your own personal activism, right? right? But, like, getting those getting those emotional, you know what I'm saying, baggages mm-hmm. out in the open so that you can help filter this passion, yep. right, or this knowledge yep. into into something that's going to be, like, really impactful, like, for yourself or for the community, because you know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, if you're figuring out how to be a successful individual, you're helping the black community, period, point blank. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's that's what you, you always have to be, you know, looking out for looking out for yourself at the end of the day. That's that self-love. And once you do that, you know what I'm saying, you're able to figure it out along the way. And, you know, when you get there, don't forget about the fact that, if you're a black body and you're in America, you come from a place of being a have-not, whether you recognize that fact or not, and you can never lose sight of that. And I think that's what's going to get us to a place um, that's a lot more communal in the in the way that you mentioned um, and something that needs to change for the positive. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm honestly that's a that's a big takeaway that I don't think uh, a lot of us recognize, right? Because there's there's kind of a wide disparity of black experience, right? That um, Maybe some of these white listeners would have no idea what the <laughs> fuck we're talking about. But um, there's such a big gap in what, you know, growing up in Wheaton or growing up on, you know, 95th and Dan Ryan might be like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's a completely different, you know, type of feel. But I think if you can figure out, you know, how to get there or you're lucky enough to get somewhere of success and, and you just recognize across the board, you know, I come – I come from a place of being a have-not because of my body. Yeah. And and that's how you can be a whole lot more accepting uh, to the differences that you might have internally in your own you know group of people. I absolutely agree, 100%. Um, going back to my point on how I use Black History Month as a reflection, I love how our generation is disrupting those stereotypical those stereotypical stigmas on what it is to be black. Oh, yeah. Like, for me, again, I'm very proud to be black, but stereotypically, I don't match up to what people who aren't black think that black people should be, you know? Um, I don't 
speak Ebonics if you if that's the right term for right. me to no, say. Like, that's, this is I think my that's voice, an ignorant ass term. I think that's, I do, yeah. that's the same thing like what we were talking about with Tyler, the creator. It's like, oh, you want to put urban. That's like your politically correct way right. of saying nigga. Like, the, Literally. You know what I mean? Like the, the Ebonics is like, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a made up fucking concept Literally. that, you know, society wants to put on you. That's like you're in this box. Like, no, the fuck I'm not. Right. Like, when I'm I not tell, in no box. When I'm I whoever tell the fuck people I want to be. That I longboard that, you know, I'm into media and, you know, I'm also into business. They're like, how does that all play up? Or if I tell people that I listen to alternative music and stuff like that, they're like, but you're black. I was like, OK, and what's up? <laughs> right. Uh, so oh, I can't. Uh, so I'm not cultured, or right, what? Hmm. Right, Like grandma, she listens to country music, but she black as hell. You know, I I already know. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Uh, I won't comment. I love you, grandma. I love you. Love you, Nana. <laughs> but just like I don't know, for like Frank Ocean, No Name, the people that we talked about today, um, Tyler the Creator, literally just changing the scope of what it is. Because I think what it what it's so special about that is, you know how the black community is, right? And growing up in the black community, there's a certain type of uh, teachings that you're brought up on, right? Like the hyper-masculinity in the male community, the male black community. And just um, that might not be what you feel like on the inside, right? That might not, you know what I'm saying? Like me, for example, like I love to wear a super skin tight ass pants pink whatever like that's not something that you know my dad really sat well with when i was a kid you know what i'm saying that, like mm-hmm. he struggled to understand that um which i get you know what i'm saying they come from a different time but it's like seeing people like you know the aforementioned list it's being being that weird version of themselves that show you like if you feel like this on the inside you can be this and right. that's cool literally just be you but the skin color that's on your skin then you're black as simple as that. Yeah, as it, it as doesn't. That. Yeah, it doesn't take it away from the from mm-hmm. the experience. It's like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to be anything to be black other than oppressed. <laughs> 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 to, you know, that's 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 all it really is. But it, no, on the on the positive side, it's just like you, man. You can't be in this black skin. Be whoever the fuck you want to. Yeah. Walk around uh, with a flooding suit and a motherfucking blonde wig and rock out you know what i'm saying about tyler the creator (laughs) yeah exactly if you don't know now you know yep also when i first saw that video i was like nigga what the hell i loved it but then i was like you know what i mess with this i love that i mess with this i fucking love that it's so refreshing yeah he kind of reminded me of uh outcast Andre oh yeah, 3000. Andre three thousand, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, was, wow, what was that? Hey, yeah, that that music video. Oh yeah, when that I, was his was real like, hair though. Shout out Andre. Really? Shout out three Yeah, he just permed that shit. He got that good hair. No, he a nigga for real. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Atlanta. Shout out three sacks. <laughs> he still got that good hair. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah. He had a. You know what I'm saying? He's on that Lloyd Cat Williams type. Oh that boy. Texture. <laughs> Cat Williams will sweat out his weave, though. <laughs> There's some stand-up. God damn. He'd be so sweaty. But shout out Cat. Shout out, um, honestly, shout out, now that we're talking about, like, big, really influential, uh, you know, positive black people that just, we just want to highlight and acknowledge, uh, is like, uh, now you're talking about comedy rock stars. You got to talk about Kevin Hart, right? Yeah. I mean, Kevin Hart, this man has... Broke his, every single statistic 
regarding comedy. This man has his own fucking Nike shoe. Does he really? The Hustle Hearts. Oh, I got to cop that. I might Google that yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just incredible, like, um, the the way that you can redefine the places that you can go, right? There's It's just redefining these boundaries and these boxes and to see a black body do, do it the fact in that such he a had loud fashion. A, the fact that he had a national, was it, uh, national races around the country when he was... National. He was he was with Nike, mm-hmm. and every time he would have a show in the city, he would run with that city before. Oh the yeah, show. yeah, 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 yeah. So I was very like powerful. a comedian sponsored by Nike. First of all, Nike is really amping up the ante when it when they say everybody is an athlete because he's a comedian. He's not an athlete. No, hundred percent. And I think I think this is what's so powerful. And this is not just. And this is what's like really uh, special. I think uh, coming from the black community because so many black people are so fucking creative, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about the influence Literally of hip-hop culture, right? It's the most influential thing that there is, right? And those are all coming from, like, urban, nigga, you know, <laughs> type type individuals, right? right. And it's, it's so powerful that these corporate entities are... Stop punching the mic. I'm so sorry. These corporate so entities, I'm so animated. These corporate entities are starting to realize the impact and influence and, and companies like a Sprite are, mm-hmm. you know, uh, teaming up with creatives to drop their you know latest beverage or um you know like yeah, nike with the hustle I think hearts it was sprite that had all the rappers on the sprite logo it was some it yeah was they've, some they've done they've like done that. they've done a lot of commercials and stuff with like you know hip-hop artists and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then now even with designers they collaborated with uh i think it was like three designers one of them being um this designer named Blue Boy from Atlanta, uh, who's insanely dope. He's worked with Two Chains. Um, he's just really powerful. Uh, Art is War is kind of kind of this concept that he plays on a lot, and he collaborated with Sprite for the drop of the Ginger um, Sprite, and that's like, wow, you're really starting to realize like at the base level the reach that these people have, and to see that when you go down in those pockets that they're black people doing this shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're giving that spotlight to a black body. It's mm-hmm. just so powerful because they recognize, like, whether you want to recognize this shit or not, Right. you look to black people to see what's cool. But also, our own people seeing what our own people can do. And oh, hell yeah. I, shoot, I should have had these two as my two influencers. Issa Rae and Ava DuVernay, they took their talent, said, okay, White man's not doing what, white man doesn't see what I got. All right, bet. I'm going to start my own, you know, film. I don't know if they have, I think they have their own, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But anyway. Or your own film studio, like Tyler Perry. You know what I mean? Tyler Perry. So Issa Rae literally started off on YouTube. I hate you right now. Why (laughs) did you do that? I'm not even going to. All right. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to cut all that. (laughs) Cut all that. <laughs> so Issa Rae started out on YouTube with this series called Awkward Black Girl. I watched that religiously in middle school and in high school because I was that awkward black girl growing up in the suburbs. So I'm like, dope, this is so funny. Like everything that happened in that in that show, I related to. And then just seeing her now, she's I think she started her own record label too. Oh, um, I have to read up more on that. Um, she has her own production company. You know, her own show on HBO. So she's getting these checks. Why? Because she believed in herself 
when others didn't believe in her, like corporate, and she's literally sprinkling pockets of, you know, black excellence into all these black communities. You know, she has uh, on her YouTube channel, um, she literally gives out the finances and the production to young independent black filmmakers mm. and she produces their shows on YouTube. Like that's seeing dope. that, that's just amazing. And of course, Ava DuVernay, that's all dope. the movies and TV shows she's produced. She produced um, Central Park Five or what was the what was the name of that show? I think it was Central Park Five. You haven't seen it? I Boy, you need to Central see that. You need to see that. That Netflix show. Do you know who the Central Park Five is? Oh, yeah, obviously I ha- I don't know why I didn't recognize the name. Of course I've seen yeah, that. Yeah. Of course yeah. I've seen it. and all of those all the uh the the real men and the actors mm-hmm. were on Oprah and everything like yep. that. Who um Oprah, you need to do more for us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's from Chicago. See, every oh, there's so we were just talking about this at lunch. All the famous black people from Chicago, they all leave besides chance and Yeah, but there's a new wave of creatives that are staying like the most influential creative in Chicago, I think, uh, no one can deny is Joe Freshgoods and what he's doing, right? He just had a New Balance pop-up. New Balance. I mean, let's be honest, right? While we're talking here, we don't have any fucking corporate plugs. Nope. No one but gives a fuck about to, New Balance. But this dude right here, right, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get some corporate plugs. But this dude right here made New Balance one of the freshest commodities that existed during All-Star Weekend in Chicago, having yeah. people fly out from all over the city to get two pairs of shoes. One basketball shoe, that's a Kawhi Leonard back- basketball shoe. No emotions are emotions. Shout out Joe Freshgoods and your creative genius, right? And his Valentine's Day uh, New Balance. I mean, absolutely insane. New to make a, to make a brand like that. No to make a brand like that, that cool. That's and insane. In the, city in the city. In the city where it's a nigga Nike, from out west. Where it's Nike dominated in Chicago. This is Jordan's town. Yeah, and actually he had opportunity. So the rest of Fat Tiger, which is uh the collective that's all black owned, right? Um, owned in Chicago, right? It's their uh clothing entity that uh it consists of Rello Desmoney and Vic Lloyd, who are also amazing, very inspirational um black bodies and creatives in Chicago. And Adidas just Tweaked on Joe, didn't give him some sort of creative freedom or what have you. I don't really know the details, right? But, you know, some of these bigger brands are, like, not acknowledging the type of power that they can have. And then he goes I think and has this do. contract with New Balance selective. and, man, yeah. blows it out of the fucking water. Yeah. I think because Adidas, Adidas, Adidas has Beyonce and Kanye. But the fact that they don't see the low – he's not low level, but he's not – High status like those two. That's probably why they pass. I mean, I don't know. There's probably multiple reasons, but honestly, I think I, I think that's bullshit. I think when you're when you're a corporate entity, you want to have the impact at the ground level to touch creatives that are touching people on a personal level that you can't possibly, and then not giving them the creative freedom to do that is true. ridiculous. Honestly, why would you put that type of bounds on an individual who is the entire reason you want to work with them? Exactly. Is their creative genius in the way they're able to touch people on that personal right. level that you're not able to? That's why you need to collaborate yeah. with them. So give them that freedom. That's why Kanye left Nike. Yeah. Right? And obviously it's a different thing with, you know, whatever. 
I don't understand all the, you know, corporate back in contract deals, all those other shit. But it's like, man, give these creatives the fucking power to do weird, unorthodox shit to connect with people. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of an episode. Have you seen? Okay, have you seen the Spike Lee movie? She's got to have it. Of course. Okay, have you seen the Netflix TV show? She's got to have it. Uh, yeah. Is that with, um, who's that main actress? I don't know, but she's dark skin with light eyes. Yeah. Yeah, her. So there's an episode in season two. So she's a photographer in the show. Mm-hmm. And this corporate advertising agency wants her to do um, a campaign. And she's very unorthodox, all that. But, you know, this corporate agency, they don't, they want her for her. And they want to have their campaign at the ground level but they put all these restrictions on her so that, i think that just reminded me of that that has nothing to do with what we're talking about but that just reminds no me it it does in in kind of a lucid way right you're just um responding back to i think the progression that needs to be had mm-hmm. um in this country right for the black body it's like you want to go and you want to touch these black individuals and you want to um collaborate them because you see the influence but then you want to everybody want to be black until they got to be you want to assert yeah. your kind of power over that creative freedom with the creative, right? And I think you can't help but acknowledge that that has to do with colorism at the same time. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, and and there were a lot of people who did a lot of great things with Adidas. I'm not going to talk shit about Adidas, right? right? One of the greatest brands that there are in athleisure, but you know, that's a missed opportunity because of what ego, because of what, mm-hmm. you know, power that you need to exhort right. because of the freedom at the end of the day, the freedom that you did not want to give this black body. Right. You know, awesome. just acknowledge that. We're speaking a lot about creatives. Do you want to tell the listeners what you do? Yeah, I'm a creative as well. So, um, kind of what that consists of, I uh, make, I'm Liko, and I make Liko prints. What those are is uh, I'm a digital artist, so I I make a lot of cover arts. Um, so if you're an artist, you're looking to drop um, some music or whatever, you can hit me up on Instagram at Liko Prince. Uh, I do cover arts, which is kind of my favorite hobby in the entire world. Uh, I do, like, T-shirt designs, um, flyers, stuff like that. I also paint, and I'm also... Um, getting a little bit deeper into music management. Um, so I want to shout out two amazing artists, uh, Ibra and Core Rex. These are fantastic, fantastic uh, artists. We're working on some rebranding projects right now and also some content in terms of music is going to be coming very soon. So I'd be on the lookout for these guys, very, very talented um, and some very creative fuck it, be yourself type of vibes um, are going to be coming to you very soon and I do want to say like shout out to you Brie because I think just having this con- conversation right here uh, inspired and sparked some ideas on how much more out of the box we need to be mm-hmm. you know what I mean for the purpose of showing these black kids to be whoever the fuck you want to be right exactly now is World of I still going on so World of I was uh, kind of a, a collective that I did when I was in college um, but in, in terms of like really having a full-time job and uh, kind of creating this um, platform for people uh, and just like trying to do it all by myself was kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of like got away from that. I did it with uh, my homie um, Domi, shout out Domination. 
uh, really dope um, dude. But we, yeah, we kind of got like, um, you know, life kind of got in the way right. of things and it was just a, it was kind of a tough thing to balance, but it pointed me in the direction of what I wanted to do as an individual. I developed some really strong relationships with creatives who are still some of my best friends uh, today. Um, and pointed me in the direction of this love for being a graphic artist and a music manager, right? And those are the things that I super, super care about. Um, and that's what you got to do when you're in your fucking 20s. Mm -hmm. Try out as much shit as humanly possible Literally. that you think can speak to your heart and it'll point you in your, your right direction. Try to master that, um, you know, while you can, but try as much as possible. So that way when you're 30, you really know what you want to do. Exactly. And you can put all your time into that, exactly. you know? So I think it was just one of those stepping stones uh, for me figuring out who I am, who I want to be, what I want to do uh, type of thing. So I'll forever be grateful for it. Um, but, yeah, my focus is a little bit more on, um, man, I just, I, I love music so much. Yeah. You know, I love music so much. And Ibra, shout out Ibra, this guy really needs a spotlight here because, I mean, he is so wise beyond his years, the foresight that he has is just so inspiring. This this man is the only individual that I've ever met who truly to his core does not give a fuck what anybody thinks. The freedom and the courage and the power that he walks with because of that is something that you have to gravitate towards. That you have to pull into your into your um, you know creative psyche and honestly somebody who's so talented that inspired me to want to be a creative in the first place. The entire reason why I you know, I'm a graphic designer, even know how to use any Adobe creative software, any of those things was all because of Ebra. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. And, and to help him, you know what I mean? Like I saw that he had this talent and we were both individuals who were majoring in non-creative uh, concentrations in college. And, you know, our heart really wasn't there. And uh, man, we just said, you know, fuck it, let's fucking follow our dreams. That's awesome. And so that's like the core of why everything that I ever did creatively started. And so now I'm back to those basics. That's awesome. Yeah. I must say the same admiration you have towards Ibra, I have towards you. So the reason why <sighs> I started this podcast was you. So um, this is my first time telling you. Wow, so literally us growing up, you know, being under our family, it was school, grades, practice after school, yeah. games on the weekends. Yeah. That was our identity. Our identity was academics, student <laughs> literally a student athlete. Yeah. That was it. 100%. In, high, in college, I was like, all right, well, the only thing I know is to be studious and athletic. Right. So when I was at DePaul, I was like, okay, I'll work with the girls' basketball team as a student manager, and I'll just be studious. But then deep down, I was like, man, I really miss media. Because I did Falcon Weekly in high school, so that was their news production type Uh huh. Um, club there and I did photography too um, and some graphic design too in high school and I, I love that so much because it literally gave me a break from being a student athlete and then seeing what you were doing at UIC with World of I, I was like okay Malik's out here studying economics a very non-creative field super <laughs> very non-creative field I'm here studying business administration but if he can do it how come I can't do it yeah. so I literally just woke up today I texted Emily Emily I was like Bro, let's do a podcast. Like, I miss my creative. I miss my creative juices. Let's do something. Yeah. I need something to just get my mind off everyday life. Um, so literally seeing your work ethic and your 
creative juices flowing. I was like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And like me getting back into photography right now, which we're about to have a photo shoot after this, like, I don't know. Wow, that's I'm glad. Jesus. Um, Thanks, man. I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm very humbled by that. That's fucking amazing. Yep. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I had no idea, mm-hmm. but uh, wow. I mean, that really goes back to what we're we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Right. Is now. We have this outlet, which hopefully we're inspiring some people right now, or at least planting a seed to start to inspire yep. uh, by just doing us. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And and just always, like, as soon as you hit me up, it's like, hey, you want to do this? You want to do this podcast for Black History Month? Yep. Well, fucking, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's like a no You brainer. literally didn't even bat an eye. You're like, yup. Yeah. Perfect. 100%. I'm super involved. I'm super happy to see you doing things creatively because right that's like my heart and to see you know a first cousin you know one of my good friends at the same time as well like be on that journey that's Mm -hmm. that's super dope and it's if it glorifies a black body right man there's no way what was that Issa Rae quote oh she was like I'm I'm supporting everything black or I'm here for everything black everything and like us sitting here right now like yes we're family but the fact that we literally support each other through and through we need to give that love to everybody even if it's black people that we don't even know like think, if, if you just man, see like a black person down the street in a suit going to corporate America, I love you. Like yeah. you're doing what you got to do. I think I walk with that respect to everybody, especially black people, mm-hmm. because I think we don't get it enough. I think yeah, I don't, I don't think we get it enough, and I think I've had a lot of conversations with mm-hmm. every type of other ethnicity. Right? It's so difficult to understand black experience without having black experience, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes uh, as well-spoken as I would like to think that I am, right, it's very difficult to explain nuances and the complexities that come with, like, what that is. Mm-hmm. And so there's just that unspoken understanding that's right. across the board when it comes to, you know, uh, another black person. So it's, like, super inspiring to see, like, just anybody doing their shit Exactly. And I think just naturally as, as a person who's always on um, a journey of growth uh, as the, you know, the best version of myself as possible, I think one of the best things that you could do is walk through life with love, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the the one the one thing that's completely removed from ego. It is like rooted in essence. Yep. And it's the interconnectedness between like all of life. And if you can like live based on that truth, you know what I mean? It, it makes... Uh, makes for a lot more powerful life to be lived. Absolutely. Well, I think a takeaway from this talk is black is bountiful. Black is bountiful. (laughs) Bountiful. It's motherfucking beautiful. (laughs) No, but just fucking work. I think, you know, my biggest takeaway is, if I may, Bree, I know this is your shit, but my biggest takeaway is based on what we'll be talking about is... No, this is our shit, all in the fam. Yeah, all in the fam. Um, But I think the biggest takeaway is... Don't let the the stereotypes, um, which are starting to fade away, but don't let the stereotypes that are still in place uh, define what your blackness is. True. Right? Be whoever the fuck you are and create that opportunity for another black individual that feels that way, that wants to express themselves that way, the opportunity to say, this is cool for me to do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Continue to push those boundaries and continue to work and grow. Right? Support your other, you know, uplift. black individuals and find... You. Those outlets, those safe spaces to go through your oppressive bullshit. I mean, wow, I've gone through some shit. I quit my last job over some racially insensitive shit. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's something that you gotta. You know what right. I'm saying? You have to have an and, outlet for. And people it. think like people when we say oppressed, they think just slavery. Like oppression <laughs> can be more, much more than slavery. Like yeah, we are not living in slavery. I'm oh, thankful that we aren't. What is that and, one stand up? He's like, oh, slavery that was hundreds of years ago. Oh, Jim Crow that was that was 50 years ago. Oh, the police shooting? Oh, that was last week, bro. Yep. Like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, we're not oppressed like slaves or the Jim Crow days, but there's still microaggressions that we get all the time. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty affluent, and you know, you know, I got a car, I have a roof over my ha- or a roof over my head, <laughs> and yeah. a really great job, and all this and stuff. So you would, you wouldn't think I would be the last. You would think I'm the last person to be oppressed, but black people yeah, still go through those. Goes. It's, it's much more deeper than that. Oh, yeah. And again, like with, with what you said, people can't understand what it's like to be black unless you're black. Or you yeah. can't, you can, you can maybe see the black experience, but you can't fully grasp the black experience. And I think if we have any non black listeners um, who kind of want to help in understanding, is just listen. Listen. Shut up and listen. Yeah, listen. Uh, ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me especially, and I, I know you as well. Um, there might be, there might be some questions um, that you're probably scared to ask because you think it's a dumb question. But if anything is, if it has good you, intention behind, yeah. It, if anything we'll has that. good intention to move forward, the the peace, you know what I mean, or sure. the understanding, ask away. Man, like that's that's what we really and that's what we really got to do. Um, I want to urge all other black people is I know there are some questions that I've had from, you know, white people that my coworker make asked me, me if yeah. I wash my braids. I was like, are you kidding me? Yes, I wash them. Yeah. Like this things like that. It's like there's there's some mean? there's some shit. But like th- taking those opportunities to educate. Yeah. Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, don't don't respond in a negative way. Right. So, uh, yeah, just don't don't make somebody feel like don't be aggressive at somebody who you can recognize is ignorant, but take it as an opportunity Mm -hmm. to educate them. And then that's how those barriers will be broken. Yeah, exactly. Acknowledge the ignorance and then educate. But don't don't take those opportunities. I think that's the biggest issue with everything is not enough communication, especially when. Uh, a lot of people get in the head about um, a perspective another individual should have Mm -hmm. when no two people on the planet are ever going to see the same because you have different, no two people are the same. So no people see the same thing. So the expectation of assuming someone else understands something the same way is it's going to cause you a lot of harm in life. You know what I'm saying? And that's not how we're going to get anywhere. So like take those opportunities to fucking educate, be stealth about it and, you know, be appropriate. And I think like, you know, I take those opportunities to do that, and you have a lot more closure. You have a lot more closure. You have a lot, uh, a lot more to be settled with, and if you speak your truth, awesome. so always speak your truth. That's what's up. I think that's just a great point right there to end the episode on right there. Um, anyway, thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Malik, stop. I hate you so much. <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has changed since your five-year-old self. Anyway, I'm not even going to explain to y'all what this dude is doing. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. This is All in the Fam. This is Brianna. Uh, this is Lika. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you guys at the next episode. Peace.